I am a church lady. When I was born, I was a church baby. My dad was in seminary at North Park, and in a lot of ways, it feels like my church lady status was set into motion and sealed as my fate upon my arrival at Swedish Covenant Hospital. As a church kid from a relatively stable two-parent home, the pastor's family no less, I picked up the message that my needs were not as significant as others. This likely started very well-meaning and frankly accurate way. My needs were not as significant as others. But that message took an unholy life inside me when I instead learned that my needs were never as significant as others. The byproduct of that was to keep those needs and subsequent pain of unmet needs to myself. Who wants to listen to a tone deaf whiner? Nobody. Keeping my needs to myself was fairly easy. I did have a good life. There were pains along the way, lots of moving, first love heartbreak, not making the varsity squad, but there were quick messages attached to those needs that taught me to squash those feelings of pain. Moving was a new adventure. First loves never last, and another year on JV was good to really nail the essentials. Keep quiet, Catherine. Smile. As life moved on, the needs got bigger and harder to hide. Financial instability, abuse, health complications. The unholy message that had taken root inside of me had to morph and adapt. While my pain was still less than others, it was fine for me to let a few people see the broken pieces, but in small doses, and the wagons were circled tightly. In the last few years, I've begun to trying to work on this unholy message within me. What would it look like if I was actually vulnerable? If I trusted my brothers and sisters in the church specifically to walk whatever road I am on with me, whether it is rocky with thistles or full of meadows and cool streams. Don't get me wrong. Some of these experiences have been forced vulnerability. I have exhausted every option before actually raising my hand to say, I am not okay. What I have learned in these situations by and large, whether the vulnerability was forced or not, is that in the end I have felt better. I felt cared for, seen, and heard. Conversely, I've tried to look at the moments where I felt alone, when I have felt that I was stuck pulling up my own bootstraps for the 300th time that day. Or even, if I'm being honest, when I have felt the ugly glimpses of resenting others for the care they received when I feel deprived. When I look at those times, I often haven't let anyone in, or maybe just one person. I've wanted the blanket of care I have watched be draped over others my whole church life to be carried over to me so that I could feel that warm weight of community I have so desired. But I've not actually taken the risk of vulnerability to get the reward of care. I had expected people to read my mind. So I'm attempting to give that up. Some experiments have gone better than others. I have certainly experienced expressing my needs and pain and have not been met with the response I had hoped for. And there's been deep pain in that. 
but there's also been amazing experiences of feeling just a fraction of the life-changing church described in Acts 2, of people showing up for me in ways I haven't earned or deserved, but were showered on me with such grace it was able to melt years of shame. My pain and needs have been met with understanding and shared grief, sometimes even unlocking a friend's own secret grief to hold together, a mutual understanding and intimacy that wouldn't be possible without a lot of bravery. But there is good news for those of you who remain unconvinced. We are in a global pandemic. Nobody is okay. This is your chance to try a new vulnerable way of life out risk-free. Literally everything is terrible and nothing matters. <laughs> what cracks in your soul are you covering with duct tape that could use a minute to breathe and let light in? What is the risk of showing your vulnerability? What is the risk of not? For me, the risk of not became too high. It is a lesson I am still learning daily, that I can hold both pain and gratitude. Expressing needs, pain, or disappointment doesn't inherently make me ungrateful, selfish, or unfaithful to God. Both can be true. I can be intensely lonely in this pandemic and grateful for a warm bed to lay down in at the end of the day. God will not call me unfaithful for my moments of pain. I am also attempting to believe that my community will not leave me for my imperfections. And when some inevitably do, it is not then a signal for me to bury those imperfections. I do not believe that God called us to a community where our pain must be invisible in order to be loved. One contemplative practice I have to keep me grounded in this unlearning process is to take time each morning to write a list. I can't journal to save my life, but I can make a list. I write three things that I'm grateful for, something I'm trying to let go of, and one thing to look forward to that day. It helps me start grounded in the facts. There are things I can and should be grateful for. Forgetting that is foolish. At the same time, I can also be holding something that isn't serving me anymore and it's time to let go of. And lastly, I think during upheaval, something to look forward to is important. It keeps me moving forward and not laying on the bathroom floor in despair. So I did this contemplative practice for a few months on my own and it did really help my mental health. But then I started sharing my list with others just part of the list with one person and then more and more. And let's be honest, I am still learning to trust the process, but the days I share my list with others are better than the days that I don't. And the bonus of sharing is that people actually share back. Now I get text messages back telling me what my friends are looking forward to. Then I get to be excited and moving forward through the day for two reasons, not just my own, and I love that. And I get calls from people I love who are holding painful experiences that they are ready to acknowledge and let go of. And I feel honored when I'm trusted with that grief and pain. And more often than not, even my work calls start with gratitude moments these days. 
Vulnerability is changing my life for the better, even when it hurts along the way. If you are someone whose church lady status was set into motion from day one, I see you and I love you. You have been holding a weight for a long time and it is okay to set it down. It is possible to change your mind from all the things you should do to fit the mold to all the things you could do to create and be the community that God calls us to be.